He's Christian. He's Jimmer. Welcome back to Two Physical Therapists and a Bag of Chips. I've been practicing. That was good. I really like that. That was an enjoyable one. It's kind of almost like our new uh, jingle. Oh, a jingle. We're not doing a jingle. Uh, not going get, there We'll again. get you there. We'll get you to jingle someday. Nope. Someday. No jingling. Someday we'll get you on a jingle. Today we're going to talk about DVT, deep vein thrombosis, and we will review Deep River Zesty Jalapeno, compliments of Pip and Jamie again. I see what you did there. We got the deep vein thrombosis, and we're doing a deep river snack chip. That's pretty, that's good. Wow. Is that alliteration? It's not really, right? No. That's, no, that's not alliteration. That's just really deep. Just <laughs> see what you did there? That's good. DVT, basically it's a blood clot in a vein. That's a, that's a short episode. Yeah. It's usually in your lower leg, usually in your calf or thigh, but it can be anywhere within the venous system. This is problematic because if that clot were to leave your leg and end up in your lung, you would end up with what's called a pulmonary embolism, and that could potentially be life-threatening. And or fatal. Do you want to start with your famous saving someone's <laughs> life story? <laughs> no. Um, so this young man was referred to me by his physician with a calf muscle sprain, even though he hadn't been active in in the sense that he had felt a muscle pull or something. But he went to the physician with a with pain in his calf, softball player, history of ankle sprains, but nothing in his calf. And when he came in, his calf was pretty firm and extremely painful. And so, as, as all of us are trained to do, my first instinct was that's probably more likely a DVT. So I asked him what he'd been doing that weekend, and he'd actually been traveling. So um, that probably will come up later on, that people after flying have an increased risk of DVTs. Um, so I sent him across the street where there is an imaging center where they did an ultrasound, and he called me from the ambulance on the way to the hospital where he was being treated for a large DVT in his calf. Not really saving his life, but because I think, and maybe you'll touch on this as well, the larger the clot, the less likely it is to break loose. It kind of just sticks around and the body will kind of find a way to restructure the circulation around the clot eventually. Um, but nonetheless, having the clot is, is not a good thing. No, it is not. Some of the common signs of it are obviously pain in the calf, as this particular case was. You can also get, uh, in worse cases, like throbbing pain, as opposed to like a cramping sensation. Tenderness is, is very common. Uh, swelling, uh, more pain with dorsiflexion, so if moving your ankle around, particularly pulling your foot up. Uh, in later stages, it will become red and also warm to the touch. I have another little quick story. Yeah. So this young lady I saw was three weeks post, left knee scope, had been complaining about calf pain, and she got increasing um, short of breath and uh, difficulty sleeping, lying down, called the physician, the, the surgeon. surgeon said, nah, you're fine, no big deal. Um, and it got worse and worse and worse. She finally got admitted with um, hypoxia because she was so short of breath and, and started having trouble. And they discovered that she actually had... Um, a huge clot in her whole leg, as well as um, numerous clotting in her lungs. Yeah. So shortness of breath, uh, that's where I was going at, is another, can be a, another potential sign 
if, if that's in conjunction with calf pain or thigh pain, and if you have some other predisposing factors, which Christian will touch on here shortly. Yeah. I quit interrupting him. No, but a pulmonary embolism is obviously worst case scenario. So shortness of breath is one of the key signs of that. Lightheadedness, dizziness, uh, chest pain, uh, rapid pulse is another sign to look for there. And occasionally cough, and then coughing up blood in particular is very problematic. You yeah, start coughing up blood, go to, go to the hospital. I mean, that's, a, <laughs> that's never something that should happen ever. So uh, don't pretend that's not important. But in terms of mechanisms of injury, for, for DVT, I mean, post-surgical is probably the one we're most commonly seeing. And again, we don't see this particularly often. Uh, Long-duration sitting, so any type of traveling and particularly flying, uh, flying with the pressure changes and, and, and kind of the swelling you'll see in feet is always problematic because it affects the venous system slightly differently. So we definitely recommend moving around a little bit on the plane, whether that's as, as simple as just ankle pumping or, you know, standing up and, and moving around. Those are very important things to try to help prevent a potential uh, DVT. Uh, you know, compression garments help, and, and that's why they give them to individuals post-surgical. Uh, prolonged inactivity is another just big one, so bed rest. So if you have an issue going on and you're very immobile, those are things that we try to avoid. Uh, sports and, and, and other trauma-related activity is certainly uh, a mechanism that's possible. In most cases, there's a pretty obvious indicator that something has happened, and, and those people tend not to be as as less as, as inactive as some other people, and so that's usually a good thing. Uh, people with clotting disorders are always uh, that's something to watch out for, and, and those individuals kind of know who they are. And then the other ones that pop up fairly frequently are, are smoking and obesity. Those are pre-existing factors, especially if those are done in conjunction with a surgery or done in conjunction with, with traveling or long-duration sitting or inactivity. So things definitely to watch out for there. Uh, Testing-wise, I mean, the best test is an ultrasound test, as, as Jimmer mentioned. There's a test that we do here in the clinic called the Homan sign, which is, is a very poor test, statistically speaking. Basically, you, you bend the leg, and if it hurts, that's kind of the extent of it. Uh, the problem with that test is, is that it's in severe cases, right, you can theoretically loosen the, the clot and, and cause a problem. It's also not very comfortable, and you really don't need to push that hard in most cases to get a good idea that a DVT is present because tenderness is, is usually substantially above where it should be, uh, even for something like a calf strain, which we mentioned last week. And here's my, um, my caveat to that. What is the worst thing that could happen? So if you are suspicious of a DVT um, and you're not 100% sure, have them test it. So the worst thing is that you look like a fool and um, the test is negative. Not really all that bad. Plus, you, you, you're potentially um, saving your patient from a much more severe problem if you end up being right. So having said that, don't send everybody with calf pain to the physician to get an ultrasound. But if you have a suspicion and some of the background story matches, um, don't hesitate. Don't be afraid to look like a fool. It's not a big deal. People will forget. Um, either call the doctor or just tell the patient, hey, listen, I'm not 100% sure about this. Go um, to an imaging place, have an ultrasound. They're not super expensive. It's not like a CT scan or an MRI. Mm -hmm. um, they're very accurate. And um, you know you you, you can you can be um, 
You can look really good, too. Yeah. Uh, they also do blood tests for it. So if certain markers in the blood are high, they suspect the clot situation. Uh, I'm not sure what those are off the top of my head, but that's out there as well. But, you know, in most cases, prevention is the best treatment for something like a DVT. And that's why post-surgically in particular or, or on the airplane, you know, trying to make sure that people aren't inactive for too long. So giving exercises like ankle pumps and quad sets and heel slides or just trying to get people standing day of surgery. Uh, wearing compression garments is helpful because it prevents uh, a large pooling of fluid and, and then a clotting. Uh, trying to be just be generally active is super helpful. Uh, again, smoking is something that isn't advisable in, in these particular cases, especially if you're at, at risk through another factor. And then... Um, Treatment-wise, I mean, the, the biggest treatment at this point is basically anticoagulation therapy. And, and in certain cases, uh, you know, they may have to do surgery if the clot's incredibly large and is causing some, some other issues related to that. Yeah, and anticoagulation therapy is just blood thinners. Yeah, just blood thinners. Christian talking fancy. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's just using medical terms over here. Uh, most people who have a DVT never have a real issue with it. It's uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, with appropriate treatment and appropriate kind of care, it, it, it resolves and these people don't have any kind of hospitalization. There are a few, obviously, that, that end up with, with the pulmonary embolism, and that's a big concern. And uh, those cases are going to be treated a lot different, and uh, that's outside of our scope of practice for sure. And if you think that this is not very common, um, I would venture out to say that between Christian and myself, we probably get 10, 15 patients a year um, that either come in and tell us that they had a DVT after their surgery and so we, we have to delay treatment or um, we send them out and they end up being diagnosed with a DVT. So I think it's not, you know, it, it's something to keep in your arsenal of things to look for, especially if there are any of those precursors like surgery, travel, um, extensive inactivity, things like that. So, um, you know, just add it to your testing arsenal. Yeah. I mean, the biggest, yeah, the biggest teacher with it is, is experience, right? Using the history and then pairing that up with whatever physical examination findings you, you're, you're getting. And then uh, if they, those two things kind of match, then you have a pretty good idea. Yeah. That, and and I've, I can't tell you how many people I've sent out that came back and said, well, that was a waste of time. Um, so don't, don't be afraid to, um, to, again, to make a fool out of yourself and send somebody out to have it tested if you have a suspicion that is based on... on um, you know, on your instinct or skill level. Yeah, it's definitely better to test someone than to uh, not and have it be a real issue, you know, a week later or, or five hours later, you know, in some cases. And especially in PT, right, because we are asking them to be active. So mm -hmm. if they have a clot and we're asking them to start doing, you know, eccentric toe raises or quats, uh, squats or what have you, you're on the risk of, of knocking that thing loose. So um, you want to be aware of that. Absolutely. Trivia time. Woo! All right, last week's trivia was was it was a tough one. It was definitely a tough one. How many countries have purple in their flags? How about how about Mr. TJ Scales? Yeah, this guy. He's how about him going like well two, but three if you count the Iroquois Nation. Yeah, that was good. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Way to go, TJ. That's that's a double shout out. Yeah. So Sorry, we, I, I gave it away there. We officially only have two, but I guess we should have three. Yeah, I, I guess if, I don't think it's a recognized country oh, is that per the, se. Yeah, because it was not on our flag. Because it is list. a national flag. It is a national flag. Yeah. It's a nation. Yeah, it's 
Who are the other two? So Dominica. Dominica has a, uh, a picture of a Sisuru parrot, which is a bird with purple feathers huh, as part of their flag. And then uh, Nicaragua, and they have a rainbow, which has, uh, which has purple in their purple rainbow. Purple in their rainbow. Is it violet? I don't know. No, you're calling I wouldn't be no. good at answering that question. My bad. In general. But yeah, TJ crushed it. We also got uh, Sean with a good guess over on Twitter. He guessed one. Okay. Which is pretty close. Half that's, credit. That's better than none. Yeah, Way to go, Sean. Good. Keep them coming. Yep. Uh, this week's question, what was the first country to use postcards? And anyone who's been to our clinic knows that we have a little bit of a postcard thing. We have a postcard wall, and I couldn't tell you how many hundreds of postcards we have on there. Um, but it's a lot. It's a lot, and it's growing except exceptionally fast. Well, not recently because nobody's traveling. But up until... Um, well, we have two postcards on the desk that need to go That's up. right. Up until the COVID thing, yeah. um, I mean, we were getting two, three postcards a week, which is amazing. So to all of those um, who have sent us postcards, thank you for contributing to our postcard wall. Yeah, thank you And very uh, much. this trivia question is just for you. So what was it again? What was the first country to use postcards? That's good. Oh, yeah. Chip time. Nice. Deep River Snacks, Zesty Jalapeno. Oh, I thought it said salty. Now, zesty. Well, there is, I mean, there's three ingredients in this. It's potato, oil, uh, jalapeno powder, and salt. So four. Oh, sorry, four. Yeah. 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 Zesty. What does zesty mean? Um, that's what comes with a lemon when you shave it. Gotcha. That's it. That's all I know. Chip to air ratio. 30%. Oh, that's because it's one of those tiny It's a bags. little bag. This yeah. is a, what, a two ounce bag? Yeah. Something a lot like of that. foldies in this bag, which is always good. Oh, that's a solid chip. Mm hmm. I like it. Lots of crunch. Deep rubber with the salt. Um, yeah, definitely. Little definitely good uh, good jalapeno. Um, it, gets you, it gets you a little light. Kick. Yeah. You taste potato up front with salt, and then you get some jalapeno on the back end. Liking these a lot. If you like spicy, you know, there's nothing wrong with jalapeno. It's not super spicy, but but this is a high-quality chip. I like this. Yeah, these are good. Have we had Deep River before? Yeah, those were the mango habaneros we had. Oh. The three thumb up. That. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. This is like a quadruple foldy. Mm-hmm. Super I mean, crunchy. Really solid crunch. Really good chip. Hmm. I think there's skin on the edges of these, too, which is always nice. I'm going to go three thumbs again. This is it like three three-thumbers in a row? Wow. Oh, no, because there was one no. that you had three thumbs. No. Three thrums? That's hard to say. I just gave it two. Yeah, this is three for me. You're going three again? Yeah, I'm, I like it. I'm only going two on this one, actually. Hmm. These would be really good with that. Uh, it's, a, it's a high two, but it's still just a two for me. Very good chip, Like though. a bottle of Tank 7. Ooh, now you're talking. Shout out to Boulevard Brewing Company, That's Kansas a, City, Missouri. If you guys are listening, we're huge fans. Very big fans. Hint, hint. We can definitely add a uh, a beer subsection. Now we're talking. That, that'll work for sure. Thank you for listening this week. Next week, we're going to go over pectoral injuries. So we'll probably talk about pec major and pec minor in that one. We will review the El Velar Hamon chip. Ooh, another Hamon. Yeah. So we'll one see. of Christian's all-time favorites. Yeah, Hamani Berko. Delicious. Quilo. Well done. Uh, if you liked today's episode, please tell your friends. Follow, review, subscribe. 
If you want some more information about DVTs, follow us on Instagram this week. We'll post uh, photos. We'll post useful information. If you need more information on rebound therapy, go to our website, reboundclinic.com. He's Jimmer. I'm Christian. Thank you for listening.